When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 241. We have a brilliant episode for you today with songwriter, musician and actor McKenna Grace. Welcome back to the pod if you're a regular listener and greetings to all of you who are joining us for the first time. If this is your first time listening, please go and subscribe to the pod and revisit some of our previous episodes with guests such as Lizzie McAlpine, Gracie Abrams, uh, Jack Antonoff, Wallace, Kay Flay, Maisie Peters, and many, many more. While you're there, please make sure you follow us across all of our social platforms. We do have a very exciting episode for our YouTube channel, which is coming out next week. So make sure you subscribe there as well. Let's get on with today's episode with McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace is a young songwriter, singer and actor from Grapevine, Texas, USA. Now you might not instantly recognize her name, but you would definitely recognize her face and some of the work that McKenna has been involved in. She starred in movies such as Captain Marvel, I, Tonya and Ghostbusters Afterlife and has been involved with television series like The Handmaid's Tale, Young Sheldon and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Over the pandemic, she found herself with a lot of time, like all of us did, and she ended up beginning her journey with songwriting. Her parents absolutely love music, and they have definitely provided McKenna with a very diverse taste. Uh, And with that, she found that she was a pro at kind of turning her experiences into these perfectly written pop rock songs. While she wasn't originally sure whether she was going to release any of her music or what she was going to do with it, the surprise edition of her song being played during the credits of Ghostbusters Afterlife kind of helped her make that decision to continue releasing music. Earlier this month, she went ahead and she released her debut EP, Bittersweet 16. In today's episode, we're speaking to McKenna about her thoughts on the EP and how she's feeling now that it is out in the public. We're discussing songwriting while on location and I guess what that kind of experience is like and how she kind of juggles acting and songwriting. We discussed the brilliant Buzzkill Baby music video which she released. Uh, we'll put the links to that one in the show note but we talk about how it kind of riffs on Scott Pilgrim versus the world and the connection that McKenna shares with Brie Larson. Some of you might have seen it on Twitter. We'll make sure that we post it on our socials as well. Uh, We also discuss whether she plans to tour the EP at any time and whether we'll see McKenna down here in Australia with the EP. All of McKenna's links can be found within the show notes of this podcast episode. And we also want to thank Bill Wackerman for his help with today's episode. Here is our chat with McKenna Grace. Please 
please welcome to This Song Is Yours, McKenna Grace. Hello. Hi. <laughs> McKenna, thank you so much for your time today. Where, uh, where are you joining us from? Um, thank you so much for having me, first of all. And I'm actually in California right now, LA. <laughs> Beautiful. Where are we? It's, is it still slightly cold in March in California or is it just warm year-round? It's raining right now. It's actually raining. LA, it does not rain in LA, but uh, this like January, February, March has been just raining like crazy. We have like a massive hole in our kitchen ceiling because it started leaking. It's crazy. <laughs> that is not ideal. And I feel like it's very, well, from the, the portrayal that California gets in movies and TV shows that it, it rarely rains. So now I feel almost lied to a little bit. Um, McKenna. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's always on fire here, but now it's raining for some reason. Well, look, hopefully you can get some good weather soon, some form of relief. Um, McKenna, it's an incredibly exciting time. There's a brand new EP from yourself, uh, Bittersweet 16. It is out now. Firstly, congratulations on this collection of songs. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's really, really cool to finally have them all released. Of course, this is your debut EP and I know or I understand that you've been working on these tracks for uh, just over a year now. How, how are you feeling now that they're coming out and they're in, they're in the public sphere? I feel like I'm so busy all the time that I, I didn't, I don't really have time to like appreciate the victories or when everything's like this happened. So I feel like they came out and now they're out. And I don't know, they're just <laughs> out there and people are listening to them. I've been with these songs for so long, so it doesn't feel too different, except now I have to step back and realize, oh, other people are listening to this too. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> I know that some of these songs were, they were written a little while ago. And as you said, we've discussed they're out now. Is it odd kind of revisiting some of these tracks and I guess some of these emotions that where you were at that time is now different to where you are now? Yeah, totally. It's like a little time capsule. Uh, it's completely a little time capsule of where I was at the time. And just listening to it, it's always really weird because I'm like, whoa. I, I, I wrote a lot of... I, I'm a very non-confrontational person. And so that's <laughs> kind of my way, I guess, of being a little angry is in my music. And I guess that's... I feel like I channeled that a little bit into my EP and singles and whatnot. I was a little, I was a little mad for a little while and I had these emotions that I got out through music and now listening to it, it's just funny to think about where I was a year ago. <laughs> of course. I think sometimes songwriting can be used as a bit of, and this word might be slightly overused with it, but some form of cathartic tool that you can use to, you know, work through emotions, put it out there and then you can kind of, release whatever it was that was bothering you. Totally. It's like my therapy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, people might know you as uh, an actor. I know that some people do know you as a musician as well, but, um, and, and I want to kind of touch on that a little bit uh, later, but in terms of music, what originally drew you to music and I guess songwriting? I'm a really, I love music. I'm a big, like, I'm a musical person. But uh, songwriting just kind of came over the pandemic. I 
I listened to a lot of Conan Gray. He had an album, Kid Crow, and I had his record and I put it on repeat and I'd listen to that um, over and over again. And then I started writing music because of it. I, I don't know. I guess I just really connected with uh, the songs and decided that I wanted to try and write my own music. <laughs> and then somehow here I am now I'm releasing music and playing <laughs> shows. It's weird. What, were the, what was the first kind of... um. I guess, attempts at, at writing music, like, because I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit, uh, what I don't want to say, maybe like a little bit tricky or a little bit clunky when you're f- first, the first attempts are always that working out how you work as a songwriter. I, so songwriting now, I always write on Google Docs and then my notes and stuff. But whenever I first started, I wrote in notebooks and I, I want to get back into that. Uh, but, uh, just yesterday or the day before I found in my piano bench, I found like three notebooks full of stuff that I had written back in like 2020 and 2021. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm scared to go through this. (laughs) I'm like, I'm very scared to see what I was writing in 2020. (laughs) It was probably a little clunky, but, um, I don't know, because I didn't really know how to play guitar, and I, I've just really been learning guitar since December. I, I played ukulele, so I tried to ride on that. I, I'm sure that it was pretty interesting, to say the least, but <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Do you have a preferred uh, instrument that you ride on? Do you ride on piano, or is there a... I'd yeah, say, a... so I'd say the instrument I'm best at is ukulele. That's what I'm the most comfortable with, but... Um, Lately, I really like to write on guitar because I've been learning and then, but piano is also super like easy writing wise. I, but, um, most of, most of the time I write on ukulele is what I've done most of my songwriting, (laughs) my songwriting, like, I don't know, most of the time whenever I was songwriting, (laughs) but now, uh, now I usually write on guitar. Oh, beautiful. Um, with these songs coming out now, and as you mentioned, it is a bit of a time capsule, I am curious, and it's it's never a fair question to ask a songwriter um, if there is a favour or not, so I'm going to phrase it in a slightly different way. If there is a track from this collection of songs that you would want people to walk away with one in particular, is there some one of the songs that stands out to you as being the most special that you have the best connection with, I guess? I do have favorites. <laughs> I do have favorites, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I have favorites. <laughs> I I really love um, three tracks in specific. I really like Post Party Trauma, Collapsing Stars, and Bittersweet 16. I'd say those are my three favorites. And I'd say out of all the songs I have released right now, Post Party Trauma is my favorite. It's just the one that I'm the most proud of. I love the production, and I think the lyrics are, are really cool. And I love the way... I, I love getting to sing it live. I love getting to perform it and then I I don't know I just I love that song (laughs) I feel like it um, it didn't do as well as I had hoped because I just like I don't know it's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) out of those three there was one that I wanted to touch on and it might be slightly selfish of me Um, my favorite track from this EP was Collapsing Stars I thought that the um, what was it like the song structure, the kind of chords and cadences is very like fifties and sixties esque, but still with that modern, um, would you mind, I guess, taking us a little bit behind the scenes of where that song came from or or how it kind of came to be? Yeah. I love that song. I think it's so (laughs) fun and I love like 
like, I don't know, it's just like so different. And I just feel like in the yes. groove whenever I'm <laughs> singing it. It's so fun. Um, oh, what were we doing that day? I wrote most of this EP in Toronto. Um, I think that we wrote two songs that day. Uh, we wrote Collapsing Stars and another song. I don't have released. Um, oh man, we had spent like all week that week in the studio and wrote the entire EP pretty much in a week and um, in a week <laughs> or two. And uh, that day and the day before, we had both done like two songs a day, which was crazy and cool and I loved it. But um, in those two days, I wrote Buzzkill. I wrote Collapsing Stars, and then we wrote two others that I don't have released, Unraveling in Toronto, but I have one of those. I have one of those on my TikTok. But Collapsing Stars. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't even know where that came from. I feel like we were just kind of messing around and then found a really cool groove. I remember I was having a really hard day in the studio. I think I was really tired and I hated like all the takes that I was doing. And I was like, I hate the way my voice sounds like on this. I think I'm doing so bad. I can do it so much better. Like, oh, I hate this. And I feel like it put a bad taste in my mouth for the song. And then I took like a few days and then I went back and listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, I love this song so much. <laughs> like this song is so cool. But on the day I was just like, oh my God, I hate my voice today. <laughs> I feel like that can be a very... Uh normal thing for an artist or songwriter to kind of have those not even doubts but just you're a little over your own over your own voice especially if you have done many takes uh, that sounds like it was a very prolific day though that you've you've smashed out quite a bit of work and and of high quality as well yeah it's funny whenever i think about how quickly all of these songs came together but then just how long it's taken to release them because in actuality <laughs> i wrote the entire ep in just like I had, I was in Toronto shooting Handmaid's Tale and I had a few days off and I wrote the EP and then I went back to work and then I've just had these songs for a year <laughs> and now I was finally able to release them. 
I find that so incredible and it, it is obviously, um, uh, what is the word? It's obviously that you, it's evident that you are very talented and I, I think um, there is a different word that I'm struggling to articulate um, this early in the morning but I think that the <laughs> fact that you can go from one creative brain to the other creative brain that quickly kind of being on set and then writing and then coming back because for some people it's a, it's a very different kind of process. Are you able to write while, I, I want to say on the road or on, on, on a location yeah, and shoot? I kind of have to in a way, but um, I remember I was having a pretty tough summer and I was shooting a project and every day whenever I'd get home, I'd write, I'd write like songs every day whenever I got home because I was just like going through it. And so that was my way to get it out. And it's, it's nice because with acting, you're somebody else, but then in music, it's just so personal for me. And I think that that it really helps me differentiate between the two. But sometimes I write songs from a character's perspective or I write songs for films. So it's fun to be able to mesh that together. But um, just recently I've been talking with some of the people I'll write with or, or my producer and I'm like, I want you guys to come and visit my set because I think that it would be so cool to be able to show my music family like this part of my <laughs> life because acting is just so wildly like different it feels so different to me and so I just think that that'd be so cool (laughs) I can yeah I can imagine that that would kind of be a bit of a not a trippy experience but that you're able to kind of bring those two worlds together especially um what was it uh I believe Ghostbusters Afterlife you did have a song involved with the film but it wasn't intent well I think it wasn't originally meant for the film if that's correct no it was not I had haunted a song called Haunted House in the end credits of Ghostbusters. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was not the original intent for the song was to go into the <laughs> film. I just sent it to, I sent it to Mr. Jason uh, Reitman and then he was like, oh, I like this. Can I try it out in the end credits? And I was like, sure. <laughs> like, if that's what you're wanting to do, like, yeah, sure, you can put it in the end credits. It was really, really wild how that turned out. And then I had to like speed rush to get my first single out because I didn't plan on releasing any music for a while. Um, I was still trying to get everything together. And then all of a sudden, boom, (laughs) I have to hurry up and get it out for (laughs) Ghostbusters. Look, sometimes these things happen for a reason. And I think it has obviously worked worked out quite well. There was Haunted House, there was a few singles, and now this EP Um, with... The uh, aforementioned, just a second ago, you mentioned Buzzkill Baby. The music video has been picking up quite a bit of traction online and on your TikTok. Um, for one, it is a brilliant song, but two, there is some visual similarities to a certain film, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And I want to know, before we get into maybe the, not the meme, what is it? Maybe the deeper meaning behind it. Was this intentional? Yeah, no, I completely tried to recreate uh, Brie Larson's performance. <laughs> I thought that was super fun. I dressed like her, and the first thing that I told my co-director, uh, Gus, was I was like, I want to recreate like this exact frame and make it look just like it, you know? I, I think that that... I think that that film is so fun and the way that it's shot is like so cool and brilliant. And so I was just like, I love this film. Let's recreate some stuff for it. I don't know how that came to be in my mind, but I think that I just watched the film or something and then I had to go and write the music video. And I was like, you know what? I know what I want to do. 
For a number of people, as I mentioned, you are an actor as well, and some people might know you as, um, what was it? I think you've even shared it on Twitter, the, the, the meme that is that they can't believe McKenna Grace plays young Margot Robbie, young Brie Larson, young Kina Shipner. There was another one that I'm forgetting. Um, but I played the younger version of a lot of people. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, I guess was was it, it's almost like a, a nodding wink to the fact that you have pre- uh, played Brie Larson before, the fact that you've recreated <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it was funny. I was doing, I was putting it together and I was like, well, I'm excited to get back into, <laughs> into playing Greek. <laughs> <laughs> it is an incredible, um, incredible music video and we'll make sure that the, the show, no- uh, it is in the show notes of this podcast episode. Um, for yourself, I know you mentioned going on tour. What can fans expect from um, these forthcoming shows from you? I would die to go on tour. Like, I think that that is, I was just with my band yesterday. Um, I like love my band so much. I've only ever (laughs) done one live show and it was the coolest thing ever to me. And I message with my bandmates all the time and I'm like, I want to go on tour. Like, I love you guys. Let's go on tour. Dang it. And I just think that that would be like a dream come true. I would love to, I think that I'm just waiting for my music to do a little better to have more songs come out or I don't really know, um, maybe to have some time off, but if I was ever able to do that, I would die, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm to at least play more shows in the future, uh, at the very least. <laughs> of course. And of course, as mentioned, you are quite busy with everything at the moment. Um, with that in mind, and I know this is there's no uh, US dates booked in at the moment, so it might be a little bit too forward thinking of me. When you are finally playing shows, can we possibly expect you to uh, come visit us and tour down here in Australia? Oh my gosh, I would like freak to play in Australia. <laughs> I totally would if I ever had the chance. <laughs> well, please let us know. Once those are happening, we'll make sure that that is promoted and then we put those dates up on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, McKenna, uh, usually on our podcast, we do talk to guests about what they're currently listening to. Firstly, before we get to what you are listening to, is there a preferred method of, um, I guess, where you get your musical, uh, your, your music from? I know that you have very kind of influential parents in terms of what they listen to and what they've kind of, um, impressed onto yourself in terms of dad's love of hard rock and rap and I believe you've classified your mum's music as mum music yeah it's mom music yeah. she listens to like <laughs> I love Taylor Swift so no shade on that I'm a massive Swifty <laughs> but she just listens to like exclusively Taylor Swift and like what else does she even listen to <laughs> um I don't know but um yeah, I've totally been influenced by especially my dad's taste in music. I think that my dad's really the one who got me into like rock and stuff. Lately, him and I have been bonding over like Deftones and Limp Biscuit and stuff because I've been getting into those bands. So he's been like, you got to listen to like this song and this song. And I'm like, okay, totally. And like porn and stuff is like the kind of things that he's into. So I kind of dig that music. Um, but I just love music. Uh, the only thing that I don't really listen to is country, unless we're talking like early Taylor Swift type of country. <laughs> but yeah. um, 
I listen to like everything really. I just think that music is so cool and there's so much of it that I just want to like listen to everything. (laughs) There's so many things to explore. I was making, um, I love playlists and my favorite thing is to post playlists on Spotify. So this morning I was making like a playlist, but then I was like, wait, but I need to make another playlist inspired by this song. (laughs) No, but now I need to make another playlist. So I ended up making like four playlists this morning. (laughs) For you, what, uh, what are the good foundations of a good playlist? I don't know. I love to make playlists based off of, um, Lately, I've been into making playlists just based off of, like, one song. Um, Mm -hmm. So just to kind of try and find, like, a good vibe. Maybe, make you know, make it a little cohesive, all the songs, you know. Just, like, (laughs) get a good vibe and make, like, I don't know. As long as it's a good vibe. I just love music. (laughs) I don't know. But then again, also I have playlists that are so all over the place. So I feel like, I don't know, (laughs) music. (laughs) I feel like the... If anyone kind of denies this, I feel like they are lying. I feel like everyone has those playlists that are very well constructed and then some that are a bit of a brain dump. They're literally, there's no connection. It's just there. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. <laughs> um, McKenna, what are we, yeah, what we do usually ask, I guess, is there currently anything that you are listening to on high rotation or that you love um, other than your EP? <laughs> well, totally. Here I'm going into my phone. I have actually a playlist that I have posted that I like update it anytime I remember. It's like the 10 songs that I'm listening to right now. And I just updated it this morning. (laughs) So right now, 10 songs that I have on very high rotation are Brooklyn Baby by Lana Del Rey, High Tops by Del Water Gap, Eventually by Tame Impala. I think that they're so cool. I've been listening to them all the time lately. I love Pride by Kendrick Lamar, Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood and Pretty When You Cry by Lana Del Rey, Lover's Rock by <laughs> TV Girl, Blue Song by Biba Doobie, My Own Summer by Deftones and Break, Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. That's, that's a, the, yeah. the song. I feel like it's a little diverse and I'm proud of myself for that. I'm really, that is incredibly diverse. I love that. That is a beautiful collection of songs. Sorry, that was a lot of songs, but like (laughs) I can't name like one or two or else I'm just going to go off on a tangent. So you know what? I had my 10 songs and those are those. (laughs) Uh, Look, I appreciate an an organized music fan, if you will. I very much respect that. (laughs) I like your records in the back. The, um, I love Mitski. I did hear that you like Mitski. So I made sure that there was one. I love her so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, McKenna, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Congrats on the brand new EP, Bittersweet 16. It is out now. We'll make sure it's in the podcast show notes for people to access, buy, stream, watch the music videos. But um, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) 